Next on BYU Sports Nation, a Ziggy lottery. The NFL free agency race is on for Ziggy Ansah. From Buffalo to Seattle, where will BYU's last first-round draft pick end up? First four versus the next four. Which set will swing the 2019 football season the most? BYU football assistant head coach Ed Lamb joins us from the recruiting trail and WCC softball pitcher of the week, Arissa Paulson, in studio. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wherever and however you're connected, happy Tuesday, April 30th. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Marvel Cinematic Historian Jerem Jordan. I don't really actually know that much, but I just like watching the movies. It's fun. So what would you say is the most underrated Marvel movie. And maybe that's a tough question in the moment. Underrated? But I want your I opinion know. on this I feel later. like they're all rated pretty well. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't think that under any of them like fly under the radar because they're all Marvel. And so people are like, whoa! Yeah. There's, okay. no, there's no B-sides with Marvel. Out of 21 movies, yeah. one doesn't stick out as the most underrated. No. Okay. Not on the spot, <laughs> no. <laughs> they're all good. They're all good. Well, not all of them are really good. <laughs> okay, maybe that's so, the question then. Yeah, some What's are, the worst of well, the 21 Iron Man, Marvel Iron movies? Iron Man 3 and Thor 2 aren't, <laughs> are considered some of the ones that aren't as good. Right? I heard such horror stories about Thor 2 that I actually enjoyed that movie. Yeah, I, I like them all. Yeah. They're fun. Okay. A fantastic Tuesday show lineup. We hope you like what we have in store for you today. Where should Ziggy Ansah sign in NFL free agency? We'll discuss that in five minutes. Then in 15 minutes, assistant head football coach Ed Lamb joins us. Where is he recruiting right now? And has he found the next Ed Lamb for BYU? Plus, don't forget WCC Pitcher of the Week, Arissa Paulson, on her game plan and the team's game plan to take down the team up north. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Speaking of Ziggy Ansah, he has visited now with the Seattle Seahawks. That happened yesterday, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. Ansa has now met with four teams, including the Baltimore Ravens, New Orleans Saints, and Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons, Jerem. Like the Buffalo Bills. There you go. Yeah, uh, Seahawks, huh? Okay. BYU's five-game win streak in baseball snapped at Cal yesterday with a 3-2 loss to the Golden Bears. Mitch McIntyre went 2-3 for with a double and a run. Cougars uh, atop the West Coast Conference play at LMU starting Thursday. Yeah, Mike Littlewood said BYU played a good game, just... A couple of little mistakes did him in yesterday in that 3-2 loss. Another award sweep for BYU softball. Riley Jensen and Arissa Paulson named the WCC Player and Pitcher of the Week, respectively. Jensen went 7-for-12 from the plate through four games, had six runs, seven hits, two home runs, three runs batted in. Paulson pitched the Cougars to three wins during the week, recording an ERA of .35. Not bad. And Peter Quest is the West Coast Conference Golfer of the Year. He was joined by teammate Rhett Rasmussen on the All-West Coast Conference first team. Peter Quest for perfection is ranked sixth in all of college golf. The Cougars await their fate for the postseason, the NCAA Championships, tomorrow night. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Brace yourself. It's another BYU football schedule topic. We are looking at the first four compared to 
the next four games. We've talked ad nauseum about the first four games, the BYU opening against Utah, then at Tennessee, home to USC and Washington. Jerem, but what about the next four? Toledo, USF, as in South Florida, Boise State, and Utah State. What will have a greater impact on BYU? BYU's football season, the first four games or the next four? Just general impact. I would say the first four because those are the biggest wins possible on the season. It's how you set the tone. Those are the most meaningful games. So I'd probably argue the first four, but when you look at what's going to push you to actually getting your win total that you want on the season, it's the next four because those are certainly more winnable than the first four. Although... Three of the first four are at home, and then three of the next four are on the road. So certainly a different type of challenge. Lesser teams, in a way. You could argue Boise State and Utah State uh, are on par with uh, the way they played last year with a Tennessee that went 5-7, and seven, or even a USC that went 5-7. and seven. I know there's program prestige involved and a certain type of athlete. Blah, blah, blah. You are what your record is generally, right? Boise State and Utah State are good teams. We'll see if Utah State can keep that going with Gary Anderson now that Matt Wells is at Texas Tech. They have a good quarterback, which uh, is always concerning. They being Utah State? Yes, Jordan Love. Yeah, Jordan Love's good. Uh, Probably at at the moment, best quarterback in the state. And I think they're three good quarterbacks. Um, But you look at the first four games, the combined record of those teams from last year, 29 and 23. Only six games over 500. Mm. But how about the next four? That's our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The combined record of the next four games, five through eight, as you mentioned, Toledo, South Florida, Boise State, Utah State, 35 and 17. Okay. Okay, two of those teams were seven and six last year. Toledo, South Florida, Boise State, 10 and three, Utah State, 11 and two. 35 and 17 is an average record of roughly nine and four for those four middle teams. So basically, the first four and the next four, you have two really good teams and two teams that struggled a little bit. On both sides. How do you define impact? I think that's what we're really going for. Yes, BYU has huge opportunities to win big games, but I'm looking at it from the standpoint of how healthy can BYU be in each of these groups of four? So you're with me now on the you get injured if you play four power fives in a row thing? Well, it's just happened to BYU so often in independence specifically. I felt like you fought me on this a lot last year. I did fight you on it, but... What I'm saying is if BYU is healthy, if they are not saying they can't be, because you've argued that too too many players get injured because of the difficult schedules. My stance here is if BYU is healthy, then the second four games will be more impactful because they're going to win the majority of those second four, and then they're going to get on a nice little run and and potentially do something that they haven't done in a while. And that's, hey, win eight, maybe nine games, okay? I I think it's going to be tough to go and win – at least three of those next four. If you're healthy, I think everybody's feeling better about the opportunity there, right? Well, sure. Yeah, of course. You got Boise State at home and then Utah State and Logan. The Toledo and USF thing is interesting because BYU those aren't automatic wins. hasn't been typically good on the East Coast. We'll discuss that more tomorrow. Yes, we will. Like, there's a stat of the day we held until tomorrow that is unbelievable. <laughs> like, like, sirens... Worthy. Yeah, if BYU can get through the first four healthy, then I think the second four will have a greater impact on the season because it will set them up for something they haven't done in a while. And, and by that, I mean getting to eight or nine wins. 
Okay, got to be healthy in the first four. Get through. Get through it. Then don't schedule four power fives in a row. Yesterday, former Cougar player, now Salt Lake City radio personality Hans Olsen tweeted about the disparity of Utah and BYU drafted NFL offensive linemen. In the past nine years, Utah has nine. BYU has zero. Spencer, why hasn't BYU put more offensive linemen in the NFL? Well, this hurts because BYU had a legitimate shot to place an offensive lineman in the NFL this year with Austin Hoyt. And maybe he gets drafted, and it's like, oh, is BYU turning the corner here? Are they turning a page? Austin Hoyt got picked up. He's in the National Football League. He decides he doesn't want to play. So throw the Austin Hoyt factor in there for recency bias. But before that, if we're being honest, Jeremy, they just haven't been good enough. Isn't that what it comes down to? Sure. The offensive line has not been good enough to get drafted into the National Football League, and that's not a personal attack on any of them. It's a personal attack on all of them because they haven't been good enough. Yeah. Well, I'm not yeah. personally attacking them saying, you're not a good human being because you're not no, good enough to play in the NFL. We don't care about character when it comes to the NFL draft, they have per not, se. They yeah. have not been good enough. And I put this partially on the offensive scheme that was run largely during the Bronco Mendenhall and Robert and I years. BYU wasn't recruiting the big hog mollies up front like they did they in were the pro style. It was, it was the second part with Robert and I. The first several years they were. Where were the where were the guys? Offense, well, yeah. again, when you're in the shotgun and you don't have to be protected as long, and that's what BYU did primarily with John Beck and Max Hall, even in the first part, you don't have to be protected as long because you make one quick read, you go, you're giving your quarterback more space. It was a shotgun heavy offense, and mo- yeah, most of college football is. I don't, yeah, no, no. Yeah. The th- look at all of the offensive linemen. Where do most offensive linemen come from in the NFL from the college programs? Think about that. Alabama is not until the last two years, until the last two years, a spread offense. But for four decades before that, and they're the school that has the most offensive linemen in the NFL. Yeah, but Utah's been, yeah. I I don't know what necessarily has to do with that simple part of that. BYU's got to have more. And I think if Austin Hoyt had been drafted, I still don't think you turn a page with just one player, okay? Shouldn't Utah be better than BYU in this regard and many anyway? They're a Power 5 team. It's been eight seasons. Why wouldn't they? This, the issue isn't that it's 9-0. to zero, It's that it's 0 for BYU. Okay? Would you feel differently because, if Austin Hoyt had been drafted? No, because it's just one guy. Like It, it needs to be... yeah. One, one person doing one thing doesn't mean it's changed. right? It's got to be like more than that to me. Utah is in a Power 5 conference. They've been there, in, there for eight years. It's different. They should be on a better, higher level than BYU in many things with football. Aren't they, though? Plus, they are. That's what I'm saying. Plus, admission standards are very different by choice. And BYU has this honor code that creates a unique uh, circle of students that they can pull from. Utah should have more NFL everything with, against BYU. But the issue with BYU is the zero. Here's another one that hurts. Garrett Bowles. How about that? A dude that was initially yeah. committed to BYU. Was gonna there come have been here, a lot of those. And he ends up with Utah and then is a high draft pick to the Denver Broncos. Yeah, and he's not alone. There have been a few of those. So does the Utah success, money, Pac-12, inclusion sway those guys this- from BYU? What's the factor there? Like, they've been on BYU's radar. They've been at times committed to BYU. And so I think that's the thing that hurts the most is why aren't they? Well, BYU's losing these recruits sometimes in the middle of the process after they've verbally committed yeah. to Utah. Yeah. yeah, that hurts. And, and I think that perhaps BYU has a few on the roster, but we're not looking at the future. We're looking at what's happened 
Yeah. Well, here's to future success. Yeah, be, they got to be better. Sure. The Ziggy lottery on the defensive side of things in football is on, Jerem. Ziggy Ansa has now met with four NFL teams recently to explore his next landing spot, including your Seattle Seahawks mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. He's also met with the Baltimore Ravens, the New Orleans Saints, and the Buffalo Bills. Where do you want to see Ziggy Ansa play this season? I think I know your answer. Uh, I want to see him play in the CFL. No, with the Seahawks, yeah. I think that'd be awesome. The leading uh, sack leader in five of the past six seasons for the Seahawks isn't on the team anymore. There have been a couple guys. Michael Bennett was with the Eagles, now the Patriots. Frank Clark just traded to the Chiefs. Uh, The Seahawks need a premier pass rusher. Jaron Reed was the next best guy with four sacks. So they're looking for an end that can can rush the quarterback. Here's a question with Ziggy. How expensive will he be? Because last season he was the second highest paid defensive lineman in the NFL. Highest end, second highest overall to Aaron Donald, who's a tackle of the L.A. Rams. Made 17 mil last year. He's coming off a year, Ziggy, where he had 11 tackles, four sacks, only started two games, seven games total. He was injured. So perhaps his price goes down, sure. and that might affect this whole process. Sure. Yeah, what is his value right now? Because he has been so oft injured while in Detroit. I want to see him end up in New Orleans. and this Just is stack all the BYU guys there? Well, that's fun, <laughs> right? That's fun. But what it all comes down to for me is I think that's the best chance that he has to win a Super Bowl ring. Is in New Orleans next uh, year. Go to the Patriots. Then. What I'm the saying Kyle is, all the teams, show up with all the teams he's visited with that are being discussed, gotcha. it seems like one of those four teams will be the landing spot, at least according to reports from Adam Schefter. Who knows if somebody comes into the last minute and sways him with some money or right. whatever? It makes sense that he might go to the teams he visited. But sure. of the four teams, I would say the New Orleans Saints, and I really think that's the best chance he has to win a ring the next year. It's the best chance for him to get screwed over by the refs again. <laughs> I mean the Saints. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Don't go to the yeah. Bills. So, no. Ziggy, you could make money, but you could also go. He's made forty-eight mil in his life. At, it, like, can you take like four mil less and go to a winner? Ziggy, you lived in Detroit. Don't why go live in Buffalo? You've done the hard weather thing. <laughs> Get out of there! Come on. Like, Look even, at even Baltimore would be much better than Detroit or Buffalo, and Baltimore's no super fun climate in the yeah. winter. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you want to live in Baltimore proper, maybe outside, but yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> do yourself a favor. The Wire, anybody? Seattle, not bad, okay? New Orleans, the Big Easy, would love Ziggy, and it would be fun to see him stacked up with Taysom Hill and Corbin Kafusi and kind of have that BYU connection there. But yeah, I just, oh, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see him win a ring, get, get the Kyle Van Noy treatment and go to an immediate winner. Yeah. yeah, just don't go to Buffalo. I think that's what we just figured out. Just don't we just don't go to Buffalo. Our question of the day. Where would you like to see Ziggy Ansa play this season? And why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Freedom Father answers on Instagram. The Saints. Taysom. Plus Ziggy equals Super Bowl champs. No, plus the refs. It's more like Drew Brees <laughs> equals potential Super Bowl contender. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Are the Saints going to dominate this one again today? Probably. Well, it depends who's running social media. Coming up, football assistant head coach Ed Lamb joins us from the recruiting trail. He'll tell us how and why BYU has been able to put linebackers in the NFL recently. Fred Warner last year, Sione Takitaki this year. Who's the next guy? This is BYU Sports Nation.
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow night, 8 Eastern, BYU and Utah Tango on the Diamond and Softball. Watch West Coast Conference Player and Pitcher of the Week, Riley Jensen and Arissa Paulson on BYU TV Digital. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton. That is Jerem Jordan. And our question of the day is, where would you like to see Ziggy Ansah play this next NFL season and why? At Scott Tukowski on on Facebook answers, Green Bay, they're in desperate need of a pass rush. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. So that would be interesting. Joining um, Jamal. But if we're talking about weather, listen, Ziggy's from Ghana. I would think he wants to be in a warm weather climate yes. to some degree, right? So He's Buffalo, what? Seattle, it's going to rain a lot, but it's a great place to play, you know? Yeah. Bias there. How much does money speak in uh, <laughs> helping a player acclimate to the weather? <laughs> yeah, and, and think about it. Once you get paid a certain amount, you don't want to take uh, a position somewhere else where you get paid significantly less, right? He made 17 mil last year. He's probably hoping he gets, I don't know, 10 to 12 okay. mil coming off an injured year somewhere else. Or some guys are like, look, I've made my money. I want to win a Super Bowl ring. You know, I don't know that he's that late in his career, but perhaps he's turning. Has he back. been to the playoffs once? He's been to the playoffs one time, right? Yeah, hmm. yeah. It's uh, it's been a tough go for sure. So does he want to get with a contender? Joining us now is BYU football assistant head coach Ed Lamb on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. He's watched a few of his guys that he's coached at linebacker go to the NFL recently, and he's back out on the recruiting trail today. Coach, uh, first and foremost, welcome to the show. What's up, Ed? Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. How's it going? Good. We're good. good. Where are you right now on uh, the aforementioned recruiting trail? It's 6.15 in the morning right now where I'm at. Are you in Hawaii? I, ha- <laughs> I am. I had to step out of the hotel so I wasn't disturbing people through the thin walls. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's commitment. Uh, how did you get yeah. ha- how'd you get Hawaii versus the uh, your other assistant coaches? Um, yeah, I don't know how exactly how that worked. I have some history recruiting the, the big Island of Hawaii not so much on Oahu, but the big Island, we, we had some players at Southern Utah, um, four of them come from there. And, uh, so, so that was kind of a niche and that's, that's actually the Island I'm at today, but really, I mean, I think to do it right. And Kalani of course wants to take care of the islands and there's a rich BYU history there. There really should be one recruiter taking care of Oahu. And then all of the other islands combined, I think one guy can handle that. And so that's kind of how we have it set up now. But we also will we'll significantly work by position as the signing date gets closer. So who tackles Oahu then? That's uh, Elisa Tuiaki. Elisa, okay. I can't think of anybody better. <laughs> it's fantastic, right? <laughs> Coach, I think uh, our next question is, have you found the next Ed Lamb for BYU? Oh, my standards are way higher than that, buddy. We're, uh, yeah, yeah that, that, I wouldn't be employed for very long if I was out trying to find the next Ed Lambs. No, I'm, uh, yeah. no sinewy white guys on, in JCs anywhere? <laughs> yeah, H- hardworking guys, all effort, no talent. No, I haven't. Uh, I, I haven't called any of those back. Yeah, let's be honest. You're really looking for the next, you know, Fred Warner, Sione Takitaki types, right? And uh, congratulations as his position coach. You know, BYU's uh, one draft pick is Sione, and he does a tremendous job. Third round, were you, uh, I guess, how did you feel about when he was drafted and who drafted him? 
Um, well, I'm excited about uh, who drafted him because I think it's a young staff, and and we know some of those guys. And and uh, you know, you guys pay enough attention and, and watch enough press conferences to know that's a young head coach who's, you know, there's a high energy level there. There's, I think, um, there hasn't been a lot of success in the past, and so I think they're looking for energetic guys that come in and just want to play. And that's that's Shona. He's ate up with football, and and uh, he just eats, sleeps, and, and dreams football, and, and I think he'll be fantastic for them. But more importantly, I think it's a great fit, and they'll they'll really appreciate what he brings to the table. BYU football assistant head coach Ed Lamb joining us from Hawaii as he is recruiting for the next class of BYU Cougars. When you look at what BYU has been able to do in consistently placing linebackers in the NFL, it kind of makes you wonder, how is this happening between Sione and Fred and then a little before that, Kyle Van Noy? What is it about uh, BYU's program placing those guys in the NFL? I think I think BYU has um, has always had a really good niche there at the linebacker position. I think you know as we talk about as a staff, we feel like our home base in recruiting. In other words, kids that grow up wanting or considering or being fans of BYU, Utah kids, LDS kids. That's really rich in the front seven on offensive defense. Offensive defensive line, linebackers, fullbacks, running backs to some extent, you know, especially the big backs. And traditionally, you know, even even, you know, back when I was a player here and before in the eighties when BYU was just, you know, ramped up on offense, there were still very good, tough, physical linebacker players, fullbacks, tight ends, and we still feel like that that's a huge advantage for us. Do you feel like, uh, for, for whatever reason, there's a certain position that's easier to recruit and maybe one or whatever that's harder to recruit? Yes. I mean, it, you know, it just it's a simple simple thing. Uh, you know, fast guys show up on, in, on track times, and I think we've talked enough before. I'm, I'm a real student of high school track times, and, and that's, I think, one way where we can kind of find maybe some underdeveloped guys and find some fast guys and with length and development potential, hard workers for the skill positions. But if you look at uh, the state of Utah and the number of Division One sprinters that the high schools in Utah are, are putting out, I mean, by comparison to other states, it's really minuscule. And, and, and by comparison to football, I mean, Utah has a really disproportionate share of per capita Division One athletes they're putting out in the sport of football. And and uh, in comparison with other states, but track is not one of them. So speed is just not something that the Utah high schools are producing, and it's something where we have to go other places where there's a little more of a speed environment, track environment. What position do you feel like is easier, like the easiest to recruit? Perhaps it's not easy, but easier. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question because it's. I mean, we're painting with a broad brush right now, right? But uh, yeah, I, I think overtime. You know, just kind of thinking of it uh, over over a course of a number of years, I think we're going to have more linebackers, defensive linemen, offensive linemen, tight ends, fullbacks that grow up BYU fans. And of course, that's that's always the easiest. So the ones that we don't have to go and explain to them why it's important for their lifestyle to adhere to the dress and grooming standards and the honor code and and why uh, why they need to spend extra time on this application for admission as opposed to other ones, which are just kind of a rubber stamp. We don't have to sell BYU as much to guys who grew up wanting to be Cougars. Ed Lamb with us on BYU Sports Nation, BYU football assistant head coach. 
When you see a guy like Sione get drafted into the NFL and you're out recruiting, how does that impact your immediate recruiting pitch to the guys you may be visiting or talking with? Those guys, they, you know, and Fred, Fred before, before him, because, um, you know, San Diego is another one of my recruiting areas. And so, of course, Fred and, and Troy Warner, for that matter, those their names are big down there. But anytime there can be a connection between the coaches or the prospects and what we're doing on the field, it's really easy to talk in those terms. I was just talking with uh, one of the high school coaches here on this island yesterday, and he was asking me if I thought his, his prospect was like Shione, was like Taktaki. And, and so that's a really easy talking point at that point. They pay attention to what's going on. Guys like Shione and, and Fred before him and many others, they just bring more attention to what we're doing and more familiarity. It's good to be the assistant head coach. You have Hawaii and San Diego? It's amazing, Ed. <laughs> you guys are making this sound like it's a power thing. Let me, let me, there's, there's no place more beautiful than Provo, Utah in May. I mean, I'd rather be home with my family. Yeah, there's there's nothing that can that can ruin a vacation site like having to go and work there consistently. That that is true. You bring up a good point. <laughs> I didn't think there could be a complaint about covering Hawaii and San Diego, <laughs> but you have created that. Nice job. Um, let's talk about the guys you have coming back. Obviously, Zane Anderson uh, off of uh, an injury and, and a red shirt, so he's back as a red shirt senior. He graduated. Congratulations to him. Isaiah Kafusi was kind of the surprise, most improved guy on the team. How's their development as they recover from injury and, and are supposed to be two of those starters? I just have a really high level of confidence in both of those guys because of the way that they approach the game. And, uh, yeah, you, you said it with uh, Isaiah. He's he's come so far from, you know, I would say just even one year ago coming out of, of uh, spring practice sessions over, you know, just over a year ago, we, we had no anticipation that he would contribute much meaningfully on game days. And he just continued to work and, uh, and overcome his you know, personal weaknesses in the game, and uh, he's become a really strong player for us, a great leader. He works. He really works at the game. Zane has tremendous physical ability and uh, got unlucky with an injury last year. He's coming back strong right now, gaining a lot of good, solid muscle mass, and I'm excited about those two guys leading the way. Ed Lamb with us on BYU Sports Nation. Clearly you have some weapons and options at the outside position. Who's competing for the starting middle linebacker spot? We had uh, we had a number of guys in the spring that that I thought each showed some uh, ability, some promise, and and I still need to work with them, and they still need to develop as players. Um, but uh, Jackson Kalfusi took a lot of the middle linebacker reps. He's uh, a really good change of direction player. He plays with with a low center of gravity. He doesn't flinch at all at the point of contact. Uh, Trajan Peely is a guy who's been in games, made plays. You know, he is, he's going to be ready to go at whatever position we play him. So we worked him a little bit at middle linebacker just so that we would have the advantage of having somebody who's been in the games, in the tight games, knows what it's like to win and lose and, and overcome. And then uh, Peyton Wilgar and uh, Max Tooley are two of the younger players that I think we're going to try out a little bit more in fall camp because we feel like we've got so much depth at the outside linebacker position that one or more of those guys might be well served by training inside as well. 
Let's finish with this. Ed, we talk a lot about those first four games, which are notable. All Power 5 opponents, three or four at home. Very exciting. The next four is certainly challenging as well. Toledo on the road at uh, South Florida. Boise State at home at Utah State. How do you make sure you manage this in a way where not only you can be as healthy as possible, but, but try and be above 500 and be the best you can be through eight challenging games? Yeah, you guys have, I mean, you're, you're students of the game. You've seen this before. There's, there's always, you know, the, the way that the schedule lines up preseason and then with the benefit of hindsight looking back at the end of a season or even in the middle of the season, games just didn't play out the way that uh, you might have thought that they were going to in the, in the preseason. Teams are stronger. Matchups are different. Sometimes you have favorable matchups, sometimes unfavorable. There are injuries and, and just situations that occur even within the game that, that make some games more challenging than others. So, I think a big, a big uh, role of the coaching staff is to make sure that we're just we're focused on what the immediate task at hand is, and that's in this case that's game one, and we're not really concerned about game two. And, and our players talk about it, you guys talk about it. There's a first four; they're all power five. That's exciting. It's a, it's important for recruiting. But when we get down to business and we're in our meeting rooms and we're talking about preparation and strategy, it's about beat Utah. I think that's the greatest news that any BYU fan could hear today, Ed. So way to finish on a high note, man. <laughs> hey, thanks, thanks for setting it up, man. That was a nice slow-pitched softball right there. Yeah, yeah, you got it. And uh, let's give you some karma for your uh, recruiting trip as you power through yeah, the it's, Hawaiian Islands. Yeah, it's so hard, Ed. <laughs> Uh, you're doing you're doing good work, man. We kid, um, we appreciate you, and we'll talk to you again soon. Hey guys, great to talk to you. Take care. Thanks, Ed. Ed Lamb on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Listen, I'd trade him. I'd trade him right now. <laughs> but we appreciate him getting up at six fifteen in the morning to do this interview. Oh. Like you said, that's commitment. And hey. he had to leave so that he wasn't interrupting people that are still asleep. Yeah. yeah. Ed, always looking out for the masses. <laughs> yes, he is. The cyborg showing some emotion. Yeah. He's become less and less of a cyborg. I don't know. Did you hear that interview? <laughs> Coming up, West Coast Conference Pitcher of the Week, Arissa Paulson joins us. And more of your responses to the question of the day. Where do you want to see Ziggy Ansa play in his next NFL stop? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Station continues. We are in the studio Bizzle, and we now present essentially part B of our BYUSN headlines. In Studio B. In Studio B. <laughs> I know, it's a stretch. Ziggy Ansa has visited with the Seattle Seahawks. That went down yesterday, according to ESPN's Adam <laughs> Schefter. Oh, boy. Ansa has now met with four teams in this free agency roulette including Baltimore, New Orleans, and Buffalo. Where do you want to see him play? Clearly in uh, Cincinnati. BYU's five-game win streak was snapped in baseball at Cal yesterday. 3-2 loss to the Golden Bears. Mitch McIntyre went two for three with a double and a run. The Cougars, who are the top team in the West Coast Conference at the moment, play at LMU starting Thursday. Another award sweep for BYU softball this week. Riley Jensen and Arissa Paulson named West Coast Conference Player and Pitcher of the Week, respectively. Jensen went 7 for 12 through four games from the plate. Six runs, seven hits, two homers, three runs batted, and Paulson pitched the Cougars to two complete game shutouts and had a .35 earned run average, three wins overall in the week. So join us in the next segment. And Peter Quest is the West Coast Conference Golfer of the Year. He was joined by teammate Rhett Rasmussen on the all-West Coast Conference first team. 
Peter Quest for Perfection is ranked sixth in all of college golf. He gone after this year. That's now, unofficial, but uh, it's going to happen, you'd think. I want to bring in a tweet that relates to something that we have done every day for what feels like at least a thousand shows. Okay. At Tim Human says, Jeremy and Spencer, I just want to say that I love the countdown. My daughter comes home from her mission on August 29th. It's fun that you help me keep track of the days until she gets back. I just hope the flight doesn't mess with getting to the game on time. Okay, I have a story. So my mom remarried when I was 13 on the day that BYU played Utah. It was up in Bountiful, okay? So I was really conflicted, you know? Like, should I even go? No, I'm just kidding. We go... But then, like, the whole family, we take pictures, the whole deal. And then it's second marriage, you know, so it's not as big as the first. It's different, you know. Sure. So, sure. so uh, we all raced down to Provo to go to the game. We got there in the second quarter. You made it. Yeah. Was it worth it? No, BYU lost. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, of course it was worth it. But it was 1998. Yeah. Oh, or maybe, man. No, what it was 97? 97. 98 was the Kanye clank, yes, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. I was in the Utah student section. And that was worth with it. With my BYU fan Utah student uncle. Let's go. Hey, Tim, uh, just so you know, your daughter gets home in how many days? Countdown to the youths. 121. 121 days away from her return and BYU and Utah kicking off the 2019 college football season. And as the great poet Brandon Flowers once uttered, are we human or are we dancer? Yes, and Tim that is human. literally how you say it. It's spelled H-E-U-N-A-N-N. Yeah. Somebody asked him, do you pronounce your last name human? And he yeah. said, yeah, it helps me remember what species I am. <laughs> okay, literally. <laughs> Our question of the day, where do you want to see Ziggy Ansa play this season and why? At Coach underscore Wayne on Instagram. I think he's a coach. The Carolina Panthers. Peppers is gone, and we need an end rusher. We, okay. Ziggy can be the piece that makes our defense one of the best. What if this was a coach for the Panthers and we didn't know it? He's like weighing in. Yeah, Ziggy, join us. I need you on the D-line. Shoot your shot wherever. (laughs) Hey, if you want to make a splash in BYU Sports Nation, you might as well tweet at us and we'll put it out on the airways. Because Ron Rivera right now is watching this program. Hi, Ron. (laughs) Ty Allen, 2012 on Twitter. Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. He'd add a veteran presence to a needed area of the defense, and he'd love playing for the 12s. Yes, he would. It would be fun. I see his energy coupling up perfectly with the Seahawks defense. At Trenton Nelson on Instagram. Saints, Chiefs, Patriots, Packers, 49ers, in that order. So, like, uh, four of, or I guess three of the top five teams. Yeah, he just uh, named, like, 20% of the NFL. (laughs) Five by 32. Not quite, but... Net, essentially. At Nate Dunno 2 on Twitter. New Orleans Saints. Even though I'm a Bengals fan. Nate, what's up, man? Seeing Ziggy and potentially Corbin Kafusi line up on the D-line would be very cool to see. There's another that Bengals cool. fan out there somewhere across BYU Sports Nation. I'm shocked. I thought I was Why? the only one. <laughs> I, I, you like the Bengals? I have felt alone for a long time. Nate Dunn. Go Bengals. <laughs> at Leah, is it... I'm not sure. Uh, I think it's Leah Shabnell. Okay, there we go. On Twitter, I'm with Jerem for Ziggy to play for the Seahawks. Then I will not just be rooting for him, but for his team, too. Yeah, it'd be nice if he shows up on your team. But as we discussed yesterday, there are BYU players on NFL teams that you don't root for. And Mm -hmm. we asked, how much fandom do you have in those situations, right? So we'll see if Ziggy joins up with somebody. Because there's BYU Cougars scattered across there. 
uh, across the NFL. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if he's a teammate with anybody. Um, who hasn't he met with that you hope he meets with? Because you'd think that he would go to one of the four teams that he's met with. You'd this think. is where Jason Shepard like, you don't says, marry someone you don't go out with, right? Typically, I don't, I don't, it is BYU. It's kind of a weird place. This, yeah. This is where Jason Shepard says, the Chiefs! The Chiefs! Chiefs kingdom! Chiefs, yes, the Chiefs kingdom! They just, they just took your leading end rusher already, right? No, 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 no. We traded him. Sorry. Got trapped. This was a, a mutual decision. Okay, well, the Chiefs the now two. have yeah. Seattle's yeah, leading Frank rusher Clark. from last year. Um, yeah, pass rusher. Pass rusher. Yes. So, Ziggy Ansah would be nice there. The Seahawks did draft a guy. So, but Ziggy's a proven quantity, right? Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to sound Jeez off Kingdom! on where you'd like to see Ziggy play next season. Coming up after a complete Game 2 hitter Saturday and an incredible week, West Coast Conference Pitcher of the Week, Arissa Paulson is back in Studio B. Yes, softball takes on the Utes of all teams tomorrow. Jerry, Bring it. What's the game plan to defeating the team up north? This is BYU Sports Nation. Being the first batter. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, Kiki Solano has three wishes for Cougar Sports. Check it out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Welcome if back. I had a wish, I would wish the schedule to be easier. Oh, come on. And Ziggy to go to the Seahawks. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Sure. Welcome back to BYU Sports <laughs> Nation. This is our question of the day. Where would you like to see Ziggy Ansah play this season? We clearly know Jerem's answer. Yeah. Caleb Perkins answers on Facebook. I agree with Spencer Linton. He should go to New Orleans. Why? Because then he would have Taysom Hill, Corbin Kafusi, and Ziggy Ansah that's, all together. It's B2B days for Caleb Perkins. Yes, it Nicely is. Nicely done. You can join the conversation on social media, hashtag BYUSN. Joining us now in Studio B, second guest of the day, Softball West Coast Conference Pitcher of the Week, Arissa Paulson. Arissa, welcome. What's up, Arissa? Thanks for having me. Welcome to Studio B. This is the first time on the program. What do, you, what do you think of our digs here? It's pretty nice. It's is a cool place. Is it as nice as Miller Park, though? Um, close. It's close. <laughs> close. Miller it's Park's... A good, it's a good political yeah, answer. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's close. It's a veteran. It's, it's a veteran close. right here. Your older sister, uh, Ariana, played at BYU. Now your little sister, Abrielle, is on the roster with you. And I think, in fact, she, she pinch ran for you on Saturday. Which yeah, she is always, does that a lot. Yeah. She's always kind of a fun dynamic. You get a hit, and then you're like, hey, sister, go run for me. Yeah. I've done my job. <laughs> exactly. The lesser job. I've, I've done my job. Um, how often do you get called one of your sister's names? All the time. Especially, like, in headlines. They'll mix up our names, and it's really awkward. <laughs> in high school, Ari got player of the game for, like, getting a – but buzzer beater three, and they put my name up, so I got the glory for it. Nice, yeah. Arissa, I didn't know you hit a game winner. Yeah, wait a minute, I didn't know either. But yeah. that never happens here, though, because uh, Ari Davis, the uh, Sopla SID, sports information director, is here. She would never make that mistake, would she? Never, never. Yeah, no. That's and, you, exactly and the play-by-play right. guy would never refer to you as Ariana on a broadcast. Absolutely not. Before. Yeah. No. You haven't? I've done it oh. one time. It I told happens. myself it I wouldn't happens. do it, and I did it. It happens. I did it. They're all A's, so it's hard. Okay, so, yeah, how many siblings do you have? I have two sisters and two brothers. Are the two brothers A names as well? No. What are they? It's what? an S and a B. Sterling and Brinton. Now, Sterling, what happened there? Sterling played rugby at BYU, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. What position? Do you remember? No. no? He moved okay. around. <laughs> he moved around. You're like, ah, lock, flanker, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, and then who is the other brother? Brinton. He's younger. He's the youngest. Does he, does he play sports as well? He does. What does he play? He plays football and track. And oh, nice. He does a little bit of other 
things. Okay. So three A's for the sisters. Um, do you guys like, have you used that in a way? Like teamed up, uh, you know, talent show, whatever? Um, the no. A team. No. The a- you're the A team. That's great. Yeah. I love it. That you are. Um, what, what's the best thing and the worst thing about having your sister on the team? Um, the worst? I don't know. She knows like all my secrets and stuff. So if she wanted to get me, she could. <laughs> the best is just like having somebody to always goof around with. We actually live together too. Nice. And we're friends, so that's good. Yeah, that, that's there's a distinction there. Thing. Yeah, you bring up a, sure, a good point. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I noticed last week there was like this immediate amount of stress released off of the team collectively because finals were finally over. Yes. Okay. How much did finals ending have to do with your success uh, against uh, Southern Utah and San Diego? I think it was a big stress relief i didn't have to go to school in the morning and then go straight to the game and stuff i could just relax get my treatment everything done so it was good what was your hardest final um physical science physical science i took that yeah. class that was really hard yeah that's brutal it that's really a brutal hard. it's a yeah. brutal general yeah let's talk about your week you had a great week one you finished finals but two you pitched 20 innings and you gave it one earned run yeah um did you feel like you were in the zone that's yeah. pretty good yeah i did yeah what was the key to that just hitting my spots and letting my defense play so that's good. What does Pete Merida say to you when he comes to the circle, when he's uh, a little concerned about something that's happening? <laughs> you know, he's pretty calm. He's not really a yeller or anything. He'll just be like, okay, like hit your spots, take it one pitch at a time, slow it down. What would so, that sound like from Pete? Um, <laughs> he's got the accent. I can't do it. I'm not good with the accent. <laughs> oh, I was hoping you'd do it. <laughs> no. I was hoping you'd do he's it. He's a Kiwi, and he's a, yeah. he's a softball Hall of Famer. He is. Does he ever let it rip in practice anymore? Um, sometimes, yeah. I mean, he can throw. He threw like crazy heat. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, the NASCAR of pitchers. Yes. Like yes. Crazy. Could you hit off Pete, Arissa? Um, at full speed, I might be able to tip it. I don't know if I can get a good hit off of him though. <laughs> yeah. Be hard to barrel up, right? Yeah. So he, he'll throw um, BP sometimes, right? Yeah, he throws BP. So he takes a lot off it. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want. He still moves it, though. He's got some good movement. Okay, so um, what, is, what does he throw that maybe you don't throw that you're, you're trying to incorporate into your game? Or do you feel like you're good? Um, no, he has a dirty rise ball. And sometimes it's like a rise change thing. Oh, oh man. It gets me. Oh, wow. Brutal. Yeah. What are your pitches? And what do you, what do you excel at? Um, my best pitches are probably, depends on the day, really. But I go to my like, off-speed drop and my change a lot. And then the rise when I'm feeling it. There's yeah. nothing better than a strikeout on a changeup yeah. when, the, when the batter swings and it's just like five it's minutes so early. Yes. Like, yeah. That's... Or they're so frozen they don't know what to do and they just watch it go ever so softly by for strike three. And, and let's talk about that because one of the keys it would seem is to not tip your pitch, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to release at the same spot the same way. So that the, Yeah. How, how do you get to the point where you feel comfortable in, in that release point so that the batter doesn't know what's coming? Um. I just like to mix my pitches in practice and try to keep everything the same. And then we do film. Sometimes we'll film in practice, and I can see if I'm tipping it. And Meredith is really good at picking pitches. So, like, in our scrimmages, he'll pick me all day until I fix it. So that's good. Hmm. Arissa Paulson, BYU softball pitcher and West Coast Conference pitcher of the week with us on BYU Sports Nation. You threw six no-hitters in high school, Arizona Gatorade Player of the Year. Uh, where does the pursuit of a no-hitter at BYU rank among individual accomplishments you're chasing? Um, definitely up there. I want to get one. I've been close this week, one hit away, so that's the worst feeling. So hopefully it's coming soon. Yeah, how annoyed were you when that happened? Because you're like, oh, pitched so well. That's good away. 
Right. Yeah, at least it was at the beginning and not at the end. When it's in mm. like the last inning, it's so oh, annoying. Yeah. Have you done that? Yeah. Oh, that that would be terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. That that would be awful. Uh, BYU hosts Utah tomorrow. We do. That's a big game. I guess uh, describe your feelings as you get ready for a, a big non-conference game with Utah. Um, I'm excited because both teams always bring their best game, no matter how we've been doing previously. So it's going to be a good game. I'm just going to need to stay calm. How do you stay calm? Um, I'm breathing. You see me out there. I'm always taking deep breaths. It's a good start. Mm. Yeah, it's a good start. Uh, breathe. Yeah. yeah. Oxygen. Yeah, if yeah. you don't breathe, that's a major issue, right? Yeah. Uh, BYU and Utah, s- softball. Softball is, like, loud. It, there's always, like, dugout cheers and battle. Is it louder with Utah? How is BYU and Utah different? It's definitely louder. Yeah, it's louder. And, like, you can just feel the tension between the dugouts when stuff happens. So. Mm. And you can watch uh, or listen to it on uh, BYU TV Digital. Tomorrow, Tomorrow. digital platforms. Arissa Paulson and BYU going to try and win uh, another rivalry game against Utah. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma, Arissa. Yeah, good luck. And we would love for you to sign our Sailor Coog flag if you don't mind. Of course. Awesome. All right, West Coast Conference Pitcher of the Week. Thanks, Arissa. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming in. Okay, coming up, Ziggy Ansah meets with another team. Who was it? What? Well, not in the last segment, just if you missed it. Okay. Sorry, I thought you were telling me there's breaking news. No. Like somebody to compete with your Seahawks? That would be spraining news. Yeah. And which BYU athlete was named WCC Player of the Year? Not just the week. Details next in the whip. This is BYU Sports Nation. But the week is good, Spencer, too. I know. Shout out to today's guest, BYU football assistant head coach Ed Lamb, who is... Working on the islands of Hawaii. He's working hard. And Arissa Paulson, West Coast Conference Pitcher of the Week for BYU Softball. Shows on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Let's whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NFL. Free agent Ziggy Ezekiel Ansah visited the Seattle Seahawks yesterday. <laughs> According to Adam Schefter, Ansah has now met with the Seahawks, Ravens, Saints, and Bills. Where's he going to go? Baseball. BYU's five-game win streak snapped at Cal yesterday, a 3-2 loss in Berkeley to the Golden Bears. Mitch McIntyre went 2-for-3 with a double and a run. The Cougars back in a conference play where it really matters at LMU starting Thursday. Softball. Riley Jensen and Arissa Paulson, who we just spoke with, were named West Coast Conference Player and Pitcher of the Week, respectively. Jensen went 7-for-12, six runs in four games. Paulson pitched the Cougars to three wins during the week, giving up a single-earned run in 20 innings. <laughs> Golf. Incredible. Peter Quest, BYU Men's Golf, named the West Coast Conference Player of the Year. He's joined by Rhett Rasmussen on the All-WCC First Team. Quest, currently the sixth-ranked golfer in all of college. Men's Basketball. Ryland Bergerson announced he's transferring to Central Arkansas. Bergerson averaged 1.9 points per game in eight minutes a game in two seasons at the Y. Volleyball. Incoming freshman Kate Grimmer named to the Volleyball Magazine Fab 50 list. That's a big deal. Another Cougars fantastic player. Colton Shaver went three for three with two runs, two doubles, and a walk as the Class A advanced Fayetteville Woodpeckers beat the Lynchburg Hillcats four to nothing. Michael Rucker pitched an inning of scoreless relief in the Double A Tennessee Smokies four to one win over the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Cougars in pro hoops. When's Rucker making the jump to AAA? I would think it's this season. I was going to say, you would think soon, right? Elijah Bryant scored 18 points in an A-lot win over Ness Ziona Williamson in Israel. <laughs> Today's rise and shout-outs. 
For me, Jerem, it goes to Zach Stout, former BYU football player who tweeted out the following yesterday from at Coach Zach Stout. Thank you, BYU and BYU football, for sticking with me. Yeah. Finally got my master's degree. Now off to Red, uh, Reedley College to coach some football. Hashtag go Cougs. Hashtag go Tigers. Oh, little does he know that uh, you're BYU Tigers, Congratulations right? Congratulations to yeah. your BYU Tigers. Beautiful. Uh, I saw Zach Stout at a local uh, restaurant recently, and he's doing well. It was great to see him. Good for Zach. Yeah. Congratulations, man. Yeah, absolutely. And my uh, rising chat out goes to Steve Clegg, who tweeted a picture of him repping a BYU flag at 16,668 yeah. feet in the Himalayan mountains of Nepal with Amadambla in the background. Pretty cool. It's repping the Y, man, in Nepal. Look at that shot. That is incredible. That's wild. So, <laughs> nice job, Steve. We always love to see those... Uh... Y flags flying in random locations. I yeah, love the one that like, you sent from Cuba. Like when I was in Cuba, I was like, yes. I, I have to take a flag there. This is wild. That was great. And then me and Vin Diesel, we just like rolled around. It's sweet, dude. Groot, you mean? I am Groot. <laughs> Where do you want to see Ziggy Ansah play this NFL season and why? That is our question of the day. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Jesse J. Cottom on Facebook says New Orleans, he deserves the postseason success. I think because the Saints are really good and they have Taysom Hill that everyone wants the Saints, it feels like. Or, yeah, the Saints. It makes sense, right? The Saints will go marching on, Jerry. Okay. You know what? <laughs> They'll come marching in. Marching on? In? In. At David Wilson, BYU on Twitter. I'd like to see him play for the Cougars again next year. A boy can dream, right? Uh, yeah. Can you imagine if there was ever a situation where former NFL players could come back to college? You get, like, one, one guy for yeah. one year. <laughs> the NFL exception. is. Oh, I, I smell a question of uh-huh. the day. Yes. Maybe later yes, this for week. for one year. The Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. At S Fielding 84 on Instagram. I need him on the Seahawks. Yeah. We just drafted two youths, so I need someone to rep BYU. <laughs> Great point. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Or Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Ethan Manumaleuna. We'll see you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation at noon Eastern. And don't forget BYU softball against Utah on the digital platforms tomorrow night. The Seahawks, bro. You know what it's going to be tomorrow? What's that? May. Uh, That's true.